You are listening to NHMC's show, Straight Up Talk, on KHBGLP Radio 101.5 FM, the station that gives the mic back to the people. I am your host, Brenda Castillo-Nogales, with Straight Up Talk. Today is a historical day for us because we, the National Hispanic Media Coalition, is launching our radio programming. And get this, everyone. We will be streaming our programming via our website, www.nhmc.org, and you can find us on SoundCloud. Our mission is to give the mic back to the people so you have the power to share and stay connected. Today's topic is the lack of Latinos in the entertainment industry. Our guests are Alex Nogales, President and CEO of the National Hispanic Media Coalition. Alex co-founded NHMC in 1986, with two other colleagues in response to profound underrepresentation and misrepresentation of the Latino community in the media. Our second guest is the one and only Belle Hernandez Castillo, who is an influencer in Hollywood when it comes to Latinos in Hollywood. She co-founded Latin Heat and is executive producer of two TV shows, The Trend Talk and Hola LA. Welcome, both of you. Thank you very much. I thought we'd start with Alex. Alex, tell us why you co-founded the Media Coalition and why we're here today on this new radio station, 101.5. Well, we co-founded the organization because there was just generally a, a general lack of Latino participation in the, any news that came out of the Latino community read like a crime blotter. It was Maria killed Jose, Jose was dealing drugs, and so forth and so forth. So we took great exception to that. We come, the Latino community, from a very hardworking ethic and and to belabor us and put us on the spot of saying, you guys are all drunks, you're all gang leaders, you're all this and that and so forth, just is not a reflection of our community. So we do three things. We create opportunities for Latinos both in front and in back of camera. We do away with negative stereotypes and we advocate for telecommunication policies that help the Latino community as well as other communities of color. Basically, that is what we do. Two offices, one here in Pasadena, California, and then the other one in Washington, D.C. Three attorneys over there that take on the big issues of the day, such as network neutrality, such as uh, Lifeline, and all other telecommunications issues. And how are we here today on 101.5 Radio? Well, we're here because we decided that we needed to have our own voice. So seven organizations, all of us nonprofit, banded together, and we um, petitioned to have a license to broadcast to the Latino community and other communities as well. Well, I'm so excited to be here. Today's a historical day, and Belle... We've known each other for many years, and I especially like you because you carry my maiden name, Castillo, but it's your married name. Yes. Uh Thank you for having us and having me on this historical day. I'm really excited. So tell us about why you started, co-founded Latin Heat, and actually go back. You started off as an actress. Yes. I was a dancer, then I became an actress, and then in 1992... 93, I kind of moved over into the journalism end. And uh, the uh, the reason was also like Alex, um, it was because there was a void. There was a lack of coverage of Latinos in the entertainment industry. And therefore, uh, the studios and networks and all the executives said, well, there isn't any talent because they didn't know it wasn't in front of them. So we started, you know, doing uh, Lloyd Ramos and I uh, co-founded 
with a, a bigger group of people who staged a uh, Frida protest, Frida the movie back in 1992. But from there, we just started, you know, putting out information. And then from there, it just grew. A lot of people started their careers by looking at this trade publication that was focused on who the talent was, what the projects were, who the executives were. Then we started doing an entertainment conference. And, you know, we've been always staying up with the times. So now we're into producing as well. So we're a multi-platform media company. Great. Um, let me share this statistic with our audience and both of you. In 2015, out of 168 top grossing films from six major studios, I'm talking about Fox, Disney, Sony, Universal, Warner Brothers, and Paramount. There were only three Latinos in lead actor roles, only five Latino directors, and only four Latino writers. Again, out of 168 films. Straight up, what the hell is going on here? Well, what is going on is that we're being excluded purposely and very directly. We had better representation in the 30s and the 40s. Wow. We had all kinds of actors and directors that were working, Latino and majority of them of Mexican background. Now, when you consider that we have four primary English language networks, ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox, look at the numbers of how many Latino actors are working, writers, directors, the, the numbers are astoundingly low. So at a certain point, because this is an industry that is very rich, that rewards the people working in it very well, we are being excluded. Cable, you know, we, we look at a lot of television in our household. And as you know, there's hundreds and hundreds of cable programs in all kinds of, of uh, media entities. And yet, even there, we're being excluded. When Latinos are 18% of the U.S. population, a total of 56.6 million people, and we have the kinds of numbers that we have of Latinos working and not working, you have to say something is very wrong with this picture. So we have to remedy this. And this year is a year that NHMC is going to get very militant about correcting this big flaw in the entertainment industry. Well, do you want to add to that? Um, yes, uh, I think that this has been an ongoing situation that both Alex and uh, National Hispanic Media Coalition and a lot of other organizations, but mostly National Hispanic Media Coalition, because they're Hollywood and they're here and they have uh, access to a lot uh, and avenues to a lot of the networks and, and television stations. But I, it's been going on for so long. And just when we think things are getting better, we take steps back. Uh, back in the early 2000s, late 19, late 90s, they the networks and studios instituted the diversity programs, right. and we thought it was going to get better. And they did start, you know, the the writing fellowships and the directing fellowships, and there have been some inroads. But at the same time, they're really, they're really, it's like minimal. And we don't see a lot of steps being put forward. And now we're taking some steps back now with our new um, president who basically has allowed people to say, hey, it's okay, I can be a racist and I can really like let my racism come out. So when the images that are portrayed in, in media, television and film are how we are thought of worldwide, it is a travesty that we are not represent it, and, and we don't have our stories put out there. Let me give you some numbers, Brenda, uh, that uh, really tell the story. 
Latino actors made up 5% of broadcast scripted roles and 4% of scripted cable roles during the 2014-2015 television season. 5% and 4% were, were a population of 18% uh, percent of the total population of the United States. In the 2013-14 television season, Latinos made up 2.8% of writers staffed on shows. That comes from the Writers Guild of America West. Latino roles increased only 2% over 10 years, despite being the largest growing population in the U.S. This came from GLAAD. Again, we're 18% of the U.S. population consuming at the rate of 1.5 trillion dollars a year. You would think that given those kinds of statistics, we'd be more visible in front of camera, in back of camera, and we're not. And listen, at a certain point, it isn't just about another actor getting another job, a director directing another episode. It is about the fact of what people perceive us to be. If we are not on television, if we are not in any kind of media, people think of us in the worst of terms. So it is how we are perceived is the way that we are going to be treated. And Latinos in this nation at this particular time in history are being treated very badly. When I was a kid, there were signs up and down the state of California that said no dogs from Mexicans allowed. Now, I thought that we were behind all of that and we're not. No. Look at what the president of this nation is saying about Latinos, what he is saying about Muslims, what he is saying about any group that he wants to attack that isn't of his liking. It is terrible. The situation is much worse than it ever was when I was a kid. You know, let's talk about Trump. He has spoken ill about Mexicans. He has said that he can grab women's pussies whenever he feels like it. He has talked bad about people and made fun of people with disability. And he got elected to president. So, Bell, you mentioned these networks and entertainment corporations that have diversity departments and they support these programs and have a budget. But now that he is president and everyone who voted him in said, it's okay to be racist. That is okay here in America. Are these corporations going to start cutting down in their budgets and their projects that they do specifically for diversity? What do they've, you guys think of that? They've ha they have already started doing that. The diversity person um, over at LA Times, gone. Because now they don't have to pay attention to diversity by the president of the United States. Um, Norma Provencio, who was yes. who was working at the Academy of Motion Pictures, yes. gone. I didn't know that. Yes, she was let go. It's becoming black and white now because African-Americans are going to be in your face. You do that to them, they're in your face. We should be doing something about what happened to her. What We should be saying, what what's going on here? And I, I see that already. The corporations are saying, okay, nobody really cares anymore, especially with Latinos, and especially with Mexican-Americans. You know what? Good for them. Black power. Yes. Where's our brown power, guys? I think that this is a year that we're going to rise up and demand the same thing. And we're going to do it uh, because we're not getting our due, because we have wonderful actors, directors, writers, creative people, and they're not being given the opportunities to show what they can do. So enough is enough. This is a year, whether anybody likes it or not, that we're going to become very militant and demand, demonstrate, take people to court, do everything that we need to do 
to right this situation. And and I think we have to go beyond that. We can ask to the we're blue in the face, but if they don't want to give it to us, they're not going to give it to us, even though they know our numbers, because we still go to the movies. We still buy their products. But what the African-American community has done that I think we need to emulate and we need to step up and do is they're not asking. They're creating their own companies. You have Tyler Perry. You have Oprah. And it it starts with our people that have money out there. You need to support our images because it's representing you as well. I'll give you an example. When Malcolm X was being filmed and they ran out of money, Spike Lee reached out to the Oprahs, reached out to the Cosbys, and they put in money. Somebody is putting money in this. Somebody and, and ownership is so important. I see like, you know, going out of the movie industry, but I see like Boyo Loco, it's sold to, to America, corporate America. I see a lot of those companies being sold and then they're telling us how to make tacos. It's the same way with <laughs> film and TV. Now you have the mainstream Anglo executives and now they're at Univision and they're at Telemundo and now they're telling us how to do telenovelas. I mean, it's business. I understand that. But what I'm talking about what we all should be conscious of is ownership. That's why this radio station is wonderful because it's ownership. It's going to give us a voice. It's, we're not going to be beholden to, uh, KFI radio. Heaven forbid. We don't even like those people over there, but you know, like clear channel, we're not going to be beholden to give us a job. They just got rid of a whole bunch of talent and among them were, you know, Latinos. So we need to have ownership and this is ownership. And this is where we can give ourselves opportunities. And this is where we can support. Now you have a couple of films that came out on the other end. We also need to support as a community. So I, I'm all about being militant in that way. I'm all about like going out to uh, the people that have the money and saying, what are you doing with your money? Why don't you invest it in your image? We have the buying power. Latinos have one of the highest buying power levels at $1.5 trillion. I just went to go see the movie this past weekend called uh, Wonder Woman. And Val, you're an Amazon woman like me. There, The line was so long, and that line was, you know, just throwing out a statistic, 90% Hispanics were there. The men were there, the, the women were there, and the children were there because we were thirsty for a female powerful role. And I grew up, Val, watching Wonder Woman on TV with Linda Carter. She was, I believe, half Mexican. Yes. So... Not that I'm saying the actress didn't do a great job, but I would have loved to seen another Latina Amazon Aztec warrior out there. You know, it isn't going to be any one strategy that has get us to where we want to go. It's going to be a combination of strategies, no question about it. And you're absolutely right. Ownership is very important. But so is our purchasing power. Yes. And at $1.5 trillion, that's a lot of soap that we're, that we're buying. Now, what we need to also do is go to the advertisers and say, guys, we buy your product. You need to support us. If you don't support us, why are we going to be buying your product? It's really that simple from that point of view. But we're going to have to shame these companies that do film, that do television. Film is a disaster. Television is bad in terms of Latinos. Film is even worse. It is. And so we have to be very militant about it. We have to shame them into owning up to the fact that they're not doing what they should be doing with this community 
that see so many of their films. Look at this statistics right here. Latinos make up 18% of the U.S. population, are 23% of moviegoers, and have a per capita film attendance of 4.6 times per year, making Latinos the most frequent moviegoers of any ethnic group in America. Mm -hmm. Listen to that. We're the ones that are going to these films, the ones that are digesting this product, and we're not a part of it. Por favor, that's enough. And you know, you said something that this is the year where things are going to change. And I really believe that there's other organizations, the Latino Donors Collective, they're there too. They're about doing things through promoting positive images and, and, and saying this is what we're doing, pointing out the good stuff as opposed to protests or whatever. There's also now see uh, the uh, um, Hispanic Congress, uh, the what is it, CHCI? Yes. Congressional Hispanic uh, Co uh, Institute. They're also now getting involved. I mean, I don't know if you were, you went recently to an event that they had and they came here and they said, we want to be a pipeline, you know, for that as well, for entertainment uh, and getting more jobs. You know, how, what they can do from way over in, in, um, in DC. DC is on the lobbyist side, right? But we're all there. We're all like, no, we have to do something because if we don't stand up, there's going to be another uh, uh, no Latinos at the Oscars and it's now become black and white. And, you know, God bless the African-American community, but it, diversity is not black and white. Diversity is multicolor and we need to stand up and take our place. And I think this is the year that that's going to happen. We're all got and have reached a point where we say, yeah, yeah. It, it, something's got to get enough. Yes. Yeah. And as you know, the National Hispanic Media Coalition is also part of the National Latino Media Council, of which we are secretariats. And that means that we fix the agenda. That means that we carry out the wishes of the general group. We have 12 organizations there, from Maldiv to Perldiv. You know, these are legal organizations to, you name it, we're all in there. They're all national organizations that command millions of people in terms of their membership. LULAC is in there. So we're saying to everybody, guys, are we going to put up with this or are we going to take action? And everybody, everybody raised their hands. I raised it the other day. Everybody's aboard that we have to be very militant, that we're going to have to follow the African-American example of demanding what is rightfully ours. Yes, that, that worked for them. It's going to work for us. Let's talk about the agencies, because it starts with our stories and our writers, and they need representatives who go out there and sell their stories, our stories. CAA, William Morris, United Artists. If you're lucky to get into if their agency. If you're lucky. So <laughs> how are we going to get in? I mean, we, we call if you call them, they're not going to even return the call. You know, it's kind of an interesting situation. We've been having meetings with all these talent agencies over a uh, year and a half, and uh, television. Okay, and can I interrupt you, Alex? When you say you're meeting with these talent agencies, are you are you meeting with the presidents and CEO? We're meeting with the top people, yes. And it isn't just Latinos; it's also Asian Pacific Americans, Native Americans, and African Americans. And what we're doing is saying to them, you need to have more Latino, Asian Pacific American people of color talent, because other than that. The studios say, we can't find any. I mean, you don't bring us those people. And the, and the agencies say, you don't 
give jobs to that. So they're kind of pointing fingers at each other, you know. It's kind of laughable sometimes if it weren't so serious, you know, because the agents say, listen, if they want a Latino, we'll find you a, find you a Latino. And the networks are saying they never bring any Latinos in. What's going on here? You know, it, it takes our community to give Hollywood stars that they can then bring into their fold and they let a couple of people in. I mean, Gina Rodriguez, it, it was um, Philly Brown, an independent film made by Latinos for a Latino theme. Uh, Islos High, all of that talent that was there, that's now all the guys are working. They're like all on big projects. Unfortunately, the women not. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but um, the roles are there for the men. So it takes our community to introduce them and then comes around the CAAs and all of the top um, agencies and then okay now you're ours it's like we make them and then they take them yeah. and then yeah. you know it, it's good because they get roles but yeah. it's also how do you how do we introduce the up-and-coming talent to these agencies yeah. how do you say this person look at this person because they wait for there to be like a big breakout yeah. and you know the more people we get into those agencies like you say the better you know and there's another problem that the agencies have okay they're kind of webones. They don't want to do <laughs> exactly. a, a great job here. Exactly. You know, when they uh, the uh, uh, the film studios or the network say to them, we need more Latinos, you know what they do? Instead of going after the Latino artists that we have here in the United States, American Latino artists, they go to Mexico or Argentina or Panama or Colombia, whatever, and they say to the top people, who are your top artists here? And they say, well, it's this one, this one, this one. Great. You know, they've made four films. They've made 10 films. We're going to sign them and we're going to introduce them to the studios, film studios and the network studios here. In, in and California. that's a pet peeve of mine because the 1.5 trillion annual buying power is not in those countries. It is here in the United States. We are spending that money and yet some of our talent that is homegrown won't even be given a chance. They will overlook them and bring someone from out of the country. And, you know, that's got to be addressed. That's wrong. And that's where the boycott comes in. Why aren't you giving us jobs? Now it's it's like, you know, before it was just like Mexico and Televisa. Now they go all the way down to South America to the tip. And it's just wrong. And it's great for them, but it's it's bad for us because yeah. we, we're left holding the bag. We're here buying. We're here taking classes. We're here networking. We're here taking all these um, fellowship and programs, and then we don't get hired. That's right. Val, you keep up on Deadline and Hollywood and every, all the new movies that are going to be made and scripts and television and for cable and, you know, all the streaming that's happening. So what's going on with streaming, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Premiere? Well, you know, some good stuff. I, I I think that the online platforms are more open. For instance, Netflix. Netflix has a lot of Latino projects. Some of them are from Latin America and they're in Spanish. And some of them are in English. And this is what this is what I'm talking about taking it into our own hands. Remember Rob that was on CBS? Yes. Okay. That one was actually one of the projects that Lupe was in as well. She played a grandma and that one had a lot of stereotypes. It was really some horrible scenes that, you know, I don't even want to mention. Anyway, they didn't like it. The audience didn't like it and they pulled it. Well, Rob Schneider 
and which the sitcom was based on him and his wife, who's Mexican, they decided that they were going to create their own Rob, and they called it Real Rob. And talk about taking things into your own hand, and this is what I'm talking about, people out there. We got to go out there. We can't just, you know, expect them to give it to us if they don't. So Rob, they financed a whole episode, a whole season of seven, or I think or eight um, episodes, and they took it to to Netflix, and Netflix goes, okay, that this is cool, we'll we'll air it. Now they have a second season, and now uh, Netflix is footing the bill. But that's what that's where we got to go. But also at Netflix, there's Rodrigo Mason who is a Latino, and he knows his stuff. But, you know, take Hulu. Hulu uh, did uh, Islos High, and it was a major big hit for them. Again, a lot of stars were made there. So I think that that's where opportunities are happening and where people are taking more of a, of a chance with Latino projects. It's been good for them. Look at Narcos on FX. I think it's yes. FX. You know, so that's where we need to, we need to go where we're wanted. If they, if CBS and uh, ABC and NBC and Fox, they don't want us, let's go over there because they seem to be more receptive. Well, well you know, the biggie is Coco that's yes. coming out in October. Uh, uh, they are really romancing the Latino community because they've had some missteps in the in the past. But I am excited to see that there is a lot of talent. Even Luis Valdez, the director of Zoot Suit and La Bamba, he's in there. He's got a role. It's it's voice talent because it's animation. But I see that that's a positive. You know, I when I see that that the co-director is a Latino. You know, those are all good things. That's a good step, and I hope it continues. But if history has shown anything is that they do this, they get us all excited and they're uses and then the, it's nothing for another 10 years for Disney, you know? Well, the film has got to do well uh, if Disney is to uh, be encouraged to do more. And I'm one of the uh, people that um, they've consulted with in terms of, are we getting it right? And so they have a great cast, they have a great director, they have good writers, they have very good people involved in all of this. And uh, I have nothing but the best hopes for this particular film because they're getting it right. Mm -hmm. They're getting all the Latino nuances, cultural nuances, just right. And so, if it hits, I want to see another one in two years. That's right. That's exactly correct. So it's got to do well. Our community has got to go out. But also, you know, the white community has got to go out. The black community has got to go out. We all have to go out to make this a success. Well, I don't think children see color. No. So when they tell their mom and dad, I want to go see Coco, Coco, they're going to take them, whether the parents want to or not, because that child wants to see but see, here, that movie. Here's, here's another big factor, is that when you have a Disney movie, you're going to have the marketing dollars. When you have a movie, a small movie with a Latino theme like Spare Parts, which never saw the light of day, and I thought was just as good as McFarlane. But it was an independent movie, and they'd had no marketing dollars. Um, and I really do. I went to see. I was not excited to see Lowriders. I was. I just didn't like again the stereotypes, and I was like kind of very cautious. But I went to see it. wasn't really stereotypical. But here's the bottom line: Brian Grazer was so excited when he premiered it at the um, Los Angeles Film Festival like a year and a half ago, and he was 
talking and saying, this movie was going to be made for $25 million. And then it went into turnaround and I got it out and we made it for $5 million. Really? We're supposed to be excited that he undercut us $20 million and he got everybody to work. I mean, good talent like Eva and, you know, um, Demian Bichir and all that. Good talent. But, you know, why are we always on the cheap? Why do we always get to be the cheap independent movies? You know, that's just wrong. And, Go, and, girl. Go. and yeah, and they need to stop doing that. They need to do the Disney's. Spend that kind of money because if you're going to make a movie, you get more money if you market it correctly, which is what happened with it. Selena. When they marketed it, they only marketed it in English, in Spanish, excuse me, and they were going to market in English, but they got cold feet. Oh, we got our money. So that's okay. We're not going to spend anymore. No, we're, we don't want you to get us on the cheap. We're worth <laughs> something and they- we need you to spend money. Get us to go to see your movie. They don't know that we live in Beverly Hills and Val Air, and we shop on Rodeo Drive. You've been listening to Straight Up Talk. Go to www.nhmc.org to get involved and take action. Again, you've been listening to Straight Up Talk. Thank you so much, Val and Alex, for joining us today. And thank you, the listeners, for listening to Straight Up Talk. Get involved and take action by logging on to the National Hispanic Media Coalition website. Thank you, everyone. Pay our dues, but I, I think it's these strings kind of loose. I got the wood on my shoulders, and what is there to do?